This is a HeadGum Podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Just kind of lounging around Lazy Sunday with um, Spike. Love. Uh, Ferrison. Uh, love Lazy Sunday. Uh, the such the, a the funny song. music yeah, yeah, video. Yeah. Uh, and we are making hot cereal, which is lunch. Cold cereal is breakfast. Hot cereal with the milk. Put it in the microwave. It's lunch. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm like having trouble even listening because now I'm you're, you're running the lazy through the whole. Sunday, yes, just I can see it kind of playing out cupcakes, in your head. Yes, Hamiltons. It's about the Hamiltons and those guys doing rap is like well, two honestly, let's say it, white guys yes, rapping. Yeah. I mean that in itself was enough to be comedy, right? And this is like 2006, but then so imagine even back then. Yes, and add some of the specifics in. Mm. Which map app are we using? Stuff like that, you go like, okay, above and beyond. So, push the button, turn on the cereal, then I realize it's in the, we put in the wrong one, it's in the microwave oven. Oh no, hey. So, it's it's got the giant, it's being pummeled by the giant waves Ugh. that you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the waves are kind of like picking up the cereal and eating it. Oh, I was going to say that's got to make a mess, but I guess it's self-cleaning in a way because the waves. It's feeding on. The waves are basically look like worms mm-hmm. and they're eating my hot cereal. Okay. And then you don't want to put your hand in there. No, because I'll pull back a, a stump. <laughs> Why do I have this? What is the, I, like, what is the purpose the microwave? of microwave? Yeah. Oh, it was a gift. Sorry. Hmm. Oh my God. I, I, I knew it came from someone. I forgot. I forgot who it came from. Well, I, I didn't want to get so something off the registry sorry. because I always think that, um, if you've thought of it, it's not really going to be a gift. Mm-hmm. So I went out and I said, well, what would Hayes not expect now a microwave oven? No, I definitely didn't expect it. And I appreciate you not getting anything off the registry because I couldn't say this at the time, but all of that went straight to carry in. Mm-hmm. Everything on the registry, was we had like a secret side to where that was all hers. That I could sense. Hey, welcome to Hollywood Handbook and Insider's Guide to Kicking Butt. Dropping names. names. the red carpet, lineback hallways of this industry. industry called showbiz. Showbiz. And what up, what if up? If you say the word showbiz... Who appears? He appears like freaking the Beetlejuice man. But and it's John Levenstein. Say showbiz three times, and John's here. Did somebody say showbiz? Basically, right. I love the introduction. Thank you. Uh, John Levenstein is doing a podcast, uh, and it's John Levenstein's retirement party. Mm. Uh, and he is a TV writer. But what are some of the TV, shows? Do we even have time? But he's also a TV judge, isn't he? Yeah, TV judge. Are you mad at Judge John Hodgman? That should have been Judge John Levenstein. I'm mad at every judge on television. <laughs> I, I would say I was most mad when Doug Benson was briefly a judge. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, Doug. Like Doug, you're the marijuana guy. Like now you're you're a judge. You expect him to judge in a row? Doug has a bailiff. Although he became a judge shortly before marijuana became legalized. 
Do we see any coincidences ah, there? I don't. Good. I don't. I and then he's out. I can't give that up to Doug. That was out of Doug's range. Uh, were you a voice on animals? No. You know why and, do I think that you were? Here's why. Here's why you think that. And there was there was some controversy at the time that I'm going to feed right now. Portlandia did That's a series what I'm thinking of rat of. cartoons, and That's I was a, I was a rat on Portlandia. And then when Animals came out, there was briefly some um, upset, like, what's going on? Animals is doing rats? We just mm. did rats. But as I loosely investigated the timeline, like, they were doing it already. It wasn't as if they were inspired by stop-motion animation from Portlandia. Like, those guys were doing their own thing. You thought maybe you guys had come up with talking animals, yes. but really it was just we something thought, in the ether rats, at the time. We thought rats specifically, because before animals, it was more narrow, right? Like, the first one of theirs I saw, I think, was rats. Or maybe it was pigeons. I'm not sure. They Definitely the pigeons were the one that they were pushing the most in the branding. Yeah. That's for sure. Let me say, I was never particularly concerned about it. Okay. But, uh, well, I was pissed on your behalf, Well, thank man. you. But also, but they found a way to do it in that, like, animals, they're able to do a lot of those things. With Portlandia, when we would do those stop-motion cartoons, like, we would go in and maybe record for 45 minutes. Yeah. And then six months later, there'd be some perfect two-and-a-half-minute cartoon. But those stop-motion guys, they would think they were going fast if they were getting, like, three seconds a day. Right. Who was uh, Was it Stupid Buddy? And it's those guys in Portland, uh, Bent Image. Ah, uh, okay. mm-hmm. well, there are only three guys in freaking Hollywood who haven't done uh, animals. Yeah, but Here John sort of inspired room. it. It's based on his character. I know, but created, I'm just so like trying so... to find other people. Yeah, I I'm not available for animals. Oh, exclusivity clause. I'm just not going to do it. Ah, uh, yes, you're not. I'm doing not going any to other rap people. voices in the Los Angeles area for at least six months. It would be like Doug Benson being a judge. It's not going to happen. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Doesn't work. Um. So, but should we list some of the shows that I, you wrote for John? Hi, Chef Kevin. You must enjoy sure. doing that. Chef Kevin, just sit politely and listen while he tells you what shows he worked on. I mean, on. Kevin, if I didn't enjoy listening. Listing the shows I wrote for, why would I be doing a podcast about my career? Yeah, that's right. Thank that's a you. very good point. Um, should we go chronologically, you guys, or should we go haphazardly? Uh, I would love to just like take a journey through time. Mm-hmm. The eighties, the lost decade of the eighties. Most of my work was for Michael Nesmith, former monkey. Uh-huh. Video pioneer, mm-hmm. and pretty much like right after college graduation, I started writing sketches. He invented for him. the freaking uh, post-it note. His mother invented liquid paper. That's basically what I said. And that, so the so two inventors in yeah. the family then, because there's Hayes' story, which we know is factually accurate. He yes. said it out loud, and so it's canon. Yes, it was like you were correcting me, but they're in actually fact two you were just things. adding and going. Well, how do you think he got that idea? His mom invented liquid paper. Mm-hmm. All right, everything's true. Great guys. Um, <laughs> His mom invented liquid paper, and Nesmith kind of invented MTV. I mean, he did a show in the 70s called Pop Clips for Time Warner that then he sold to them, which became MTV. He won the first uh, Grammy for music video for his thing, Elephant Parts. So he was on two Mm. tracks in the 80s. He was doing his own comedy and music, which in retrospect was not that great. I like his country music from the 70s better. But then he was also using his money to produce cool stuff. So, like, he made Repo Man with his own money. He made Tape Heads with his own money. And that was the period of time when I was working for him, and it culminated in this TV show, Television Parts, which was short films with stand-up comics, and they were trying to do for stand-up what MTV had done for music. Okay. Called Television Parts? Called Television. So, a lot of things wrong with it. Television Parts 
was a tribute to Nesmith's Grammy Award-winning music video, Elephant Parts, which no one had heard of. And that implies that that was shown on an elephant. It implies that it's based on the It's heavily implied. I would say it's based on the myth of everyone feeling- Television Parts is shown on a television- Everyone oh, feeling that oh yeah, Sean told me this myth once. I see you're going everyone feeling now. the different parts of the the elephant story. That's what's based on elephant parts. You mm-hmm. but tell that story. Which story? The everyone feeling the elephant. Oh, I've, everyone is has their hands on the elephant. Yes, and whoever they're last blindfolded person to, and everybody's touching to the elephant. Head. Yes, yes, that's right. So, oh well, this is a good story. It's actually something of a. Um, uh, an inspirational tale because uh, they got all the poorest people in my hometown and they um, gathered them around an elephant and they blindfolded them and they said, everyone put your hands on the elephant. First, you have to name what part you're touching. So if it's, you say, some people say, I'm holding the wing and they go, no, that's the trunk. And you go, okay, well, then you're off. And they took them off one by one as they would incorrectly identify. But the last person who had their hands on the elephant got to clean the elephant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like with a hose? With their face. With their (laughs) mouth. Yeah. They put, they gave them sponges, like a sponge helmet. And they would sort of wipe it down with their uh, top of their head. And then they would sort of like just move their face around to dry it off. And so, unfortunately, that's the only show of yours that we have time to talk that's about. Awesome, but, yeah. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. It was really, so it was cool, so right? nice. And actually, the um, the little girl that won uh, was really just like such a sweet kid. And I think it gave her the courage to go out and do what she did, which was jump off a building. So wow, we uh, in a squirrel suit. Oh, sure. Yeah. Base jump. Mm-hmm. You know that base jump stands for uh, building uh, A something, uh, span, and mm. earth. Wow. It really does. Ryan, isn't that true? Ryan. Ryan's looking at message boards. Science Read me the Ryan. message board you're reading. Share the message with the rest of the podcast. I was trying to figure out why one of these... Uh, preamps we have in this new studio is crackling. Oh, yeah. So, all business in there. Ryan trying to figure out the crackling. That's not what was happening, Ryan. Come on, Ryan. So, so unfortunately, it is. We're always hoping for a little... You remember Cody? Were you, were you, were you Cody? working you with Engineer, Engineer Cody? Cody? You no. didn't overlap? Oh, no. John. Oh, God. So, Engineer Cody was always looking at, like, the chive and, like, nine gag. Lad and Bible. Lad Bible, yep. stuff like that. And so, when we would catch him doing, like, a mischief, it was, like, fun. And it was, like, yeah. nine minutes of show. But, like, if you just looked at his screen at any point, you had, like, nine minutes of comedy. But for Ryan, when he tells us what he's actually doing, we have to scramble away from it back <laughs> oh. into the show. And we keep hoping. And at this point, it's my fault. But I swear, Ryan has to do something interesting at some point. Like he's reading some editing user manual there. He really is troubleshooting. Yeah. Or he's shopping for like like an electric accordion or something. That's terrible radio. Mm. What are you guys going to do? Uh, well, I guess I go guess, back into what we were doing. Well, I'll do what uh, what we always do now here at Earwolf. It's becoming more and more popular. Um, I'm going to spank Kevin. Wouldn't that be a good it's show? It's kind of a reset, but yeah, for I mean, most Earwolf. Shows. Are we just spanking him before he does anything wrong? Now is that what's happening? Just in case, I don't think he was doing anything wrong in the freaking Freedom Show. And we like we we spank him just to kind of have it, so we can just lay it in. <laughs> just bank it, just bank yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just bank, bank. Can we give a couple wild spanks? Just get a whole reel of them. 
So, Give me three in a row, real quick. We want so on the show the retirement party I feel, show. I feel like do you feel like Kevin's playing it very close to invest because he doesn't want to lose this prize he has of being spanked on the other show. Right. If he says the wrong thing, maybe the spankings will stop. It's the right? most famous he's ever been. If he acknowledges he how fucked that. up it is. He can't risk that. OK, I get it. <laughs> I respect you, Kevin. Hey, guys, Chef Kevin here. Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, so the show you're doing, Retirement Party Show. Yes. Uh, you tell stories from showbiz on it. I love the way you say stories because that's how I feel about stories too. Right? Sto- stories. You, yes. Ah, uh, yes. The wonder. Like Where's the wonder? Thank you. I'm a storyteller. I feel like what I'm doing more though is I'm I'm manipulating my friends to tell stories from my career. So it's like and you get episode, paid. I get paid mm. so well because it's Stitcher Premium. Yes. Um, so people come in from different periods of my career, and I kind of bait them into telling things about me. Yeah. And we tell stories together. So I'm not having to do all the work by myself. Well, we're not. We haven't been part of different periods of your career until right now. Uh, no, but I'm, on we have all, I'm on your show, you no, guys. I know, but we're telling you yeah. we are available to do anything. Uh, yes. And we should do the show. And I have a lot of story. You want to hear a story? I'd love to hear a story. Please, yes. I was uh, consulting. I was doing a cup of coffee on Yes Father uh, and opened the window and a bee came inside. Inside the set, which was already inside. This was a writer's, this was a writer's room. Oh. But if mm. you can imagine a bee being inside the room. Yes. With those kinds of personalities. Thank you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and you so, were there. Oh, yes. No. I. So the bee, I'm, I wasn't sure it was the same <laughs> bee you were talking about. So the bee came inside, and John, it was mayhem. And I remember turning to Hayes, and I just thought, well, we'll remember this one mm-hmm. for better or worse. Yep. And we. I've been looking for a way to monetize it, and I think your show is a perfect venue for that story. I mean, I'd love to have you tell that story. I'd love it as a credit sequence, a title sequence, whatever. I worked with someone once where there was a spill, and as he got the paper towels, he said totally seriously. He was upset. This is how this happens. This is how what happened? Mm. The spill. I think, like, guys have been goofing around. Like, maybe someone threw a ball or something. I don't remember why there was uh, a spill, but he felt people hadn't been careful enough, and he was really upset. Roughhousing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in a comedy room. Oh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, he's a target. You've got to wrestle around a little bit. Exactly. And so the guy who says this is how this happens, he's a target for the rest of the year. Yeah, names. Forget it. Yeah, we need his name because he's- Craig. Craig. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, and he's a friend. Not of mine. Uh-oh. And here we go, the first big fight on the show. And in comedy tradition, let's wrestle, you and I. Oh, boy. Let's start roughhousing horseplay. Start throwing things up. This is how this happens. Uh-oh, this is how this happens. <laughs> so we have to, uh, one reason we want to have you here. Yeah. Uh, every year, very consistently, we do, when it's time for the new pilots, we give sort of a preview of the new shows mm-hmm. and pilots that are happening. And which is it that we do? Do we do the pilots that are getting made or the new shows that are on TV? <laughs> Last time that we did it, I think the new shows were just about to come out. Okay. And, and so we now played they- clips of all the table reads. Now, I don't think we'll do that today um, because it's just not that kind of show. 
But this will be sort of a recap roundup where we recap all the pilots that have just aired. Yes. Uh, and man, there were some doozies this year. Yes. Huh, John, is television in the best state it's ever been? There's a lot of choices. Yes, there's so oh many my options. God, yes. Each better than the next. And, and the stuff that you guys like, that's what we like. And it, <laughs> it seems like every TV has a different show now. Oh. Have you found this to be true? It's unbelievable. In my house. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And the screens on these things. Mama mia. They all have different, like, guys on them. Yeah. I've found. And you can watch two things at once. Last night during the World Series, they were shrinking the screen for the commercials during yes. play. Yeah. You were at the game, so you didn't see that. But that was weird. Second screen. Mm-hmm. They're doing that now. Second screen experience. And, mm-hmm. that's how, and that's how I watch all my shows now. I'm always on the show's website as well. But I like to be but I like to be in control of it. I don't oh, want, yeah. I don't want the TV showing me the show's website and three different things and a commercial. I mm-hmm. want to get to pick which is in which box. No. I'm always reading the the Twitter feed of the writing staff. Oh, so funny. Yes, yes. I, the writer's room has to have their own Twitter feed. I'm going through that so I have a sense of their voice before I even get into the show. They always stay and, with it, which I love. The, mm-hmm. It's never just something that the writer's room does in the first week. And it's like, we need a Twitter feed for like some of the jokes. Like, okay, the all the craziest quotes are going in the feed. This is not getting lost. They never just abandon it after like a week and a half. Mm-mm. And then there's like a picture from set. Yeah, but I like to go on the show's website. I have my Asus Transformer pad out right next to the television, and I'm pinching and squeezing the screen and making things larger and smaller. I'm reading old episode descriptions. I'm watching little videos of like one of the side characters. I remember years ago, John, I worked on a show called 30 Rock. I was a background actor. Wow. Uh, I played one of the writers in the room, a little bit uh, foreshadowing of what my life would be. And Lonnie uh, Ross had a concept to do a web series that could be promoted during the show about, like, Lonnie's adventures. He'd be on a big comedy (laughs) tour, and he'd go with two of the writers. And so it was myself, Anthony Tamanick, we're going to be the two writers. And uh, he would be, like, getting into a jam, like, almost getting into a bar fight, and then the writers would write some good idea and slide it to him on a cocktail napkin, and then he'd do one of his impressions, maybe Seinfeld or something. Mm -hmm. And then he'd get out of it. And that's the kind of thing that I think makes TV shows so much better. Now, of course, they did not let him do this, John, and it's because it was just too early. And the first through the wall always gets bloody. So he was so he was just a writer on the show and he no one ever knew who he was. Lonnie? No, 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 no. Lonnie no Lonnie was on the show. He was in um the first couple seasons. He was the guy doing the impressions. He was sort of the Jimmy Fallon stand-in type guy. Yeah. And then uh they replaced him with Cheyenne Jackson. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they get Fallon? Um I think there was a conflict. There was a conflict. Taxi. He yes. Taxi was filming at the same time, right next door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh you ever been a part of a good show Twitter feed? In the writer's room that basically becomes the real show. I'm trying to think of if I've never been part of a good show Twitter feed, but I was thinking of another question, like 
Has there been a romance based on an in-show Twitter feed? Like one of those writers' rooms where it's like they're writing about the dynamics inside the show, right? Yeah. Did those people ever get together? They must sometimes, right? Because they're speaking sort of a, lang- a love language, who's up, who's down. Some golden couple in the writer's room emerges with status, right? And then they start looking at each other like, well, we're the only high-status ones in this room. We're getting a lot of play on the feed. We're kind of golden. <laughs> we're a golden couple, right? So uh-huh. let's just do it. Yeah. yeah let like, me and you. There. That's what happens, right? Yes. Let's stop competing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or keep competing. Like, that's our thing then. Like, we'll be a rich yeah. boss, Bonnie McFarlane, whatever. We'll be a couple that just does jokes at each other, too. Mm-hmm. And we love each other. We got to talk about some of these shows. These new shows. The new shows. That just came out. Are we talking people network? People are going crazy it's, for them. It's all over the map. Network, pay cable, basic cable. TV. Okay, here we TV go. TV shows, yes. What's one of the shows? <laughs> oh, one of the big ones that I'm into? Yeah. Um. Well... Spider Tennis, to me, I think, is, like, the one that I was surprised that I liked because I am so scared of spiders. They could be anywhere, and they're just addicted to biting. Um, The idea that one of them would be a country club tennis coach uh, and would also be best friends with Michael Malley Mm -hmm. was, like, a total revelation. Because, well, a racket, is a, we- a racket is a web, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. What is a racket? A web. Yeah. And so, and honestly, if you really think about it, so is the net. Yes. And the spider can make both of those things and coach Oh, he the was team. so at home. Yeah, yeah. And it, be, it was show, such a more natural When pairing. I got the script, it was called a racket arachnid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and Which it's one of those better. things, it's a better title, but it was too clever. They go, well, yeah. it doesn't tell you what it is. And let's face it, we're making this for the flyover states. And some of those people are going to hear the and flyover, flyover states, in this case, is uh, states that have flies over everything. Uh-huh. And so the fantasy of a spider... Yes, coming who's friends to their with town, them, who yeah, they can who buy a tennis, tennis lesson, but then go, hey, can you Andy, come all fix the this cake I've got? Oh, my God. And just yeah. deal with the flies, you're saying, right? Yes, mm-hmm. okay. to eat them. To eat the flies, yeah. They get caught in the in the tennis racket and the and the net. Yeah. What do you think about this? Do you have any friends working on this uh, uh, on this show? They must have gone out to you. I feel like I, I heard a lot about the show, right? And like, yes. I don't understand the process. And it, it seemed like one of those shows, the more I heard about, where like the technical people are going to take over, you know, because you're not training spiders to do all these things. So ultimately, I'm a comedy writer, but I'm like in the hands of like some editor who says, yeah. I can do this, I can't do that. He And he's probably lying to me. And it's like that, like, Son of Zorn thing, right? Like, ultimately, yes, like, yeah. it's animation. So the comedy writers lose control, and the guy who's going to have control is the guy who has control In over the spider. The spider over the spider. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Ultimately, it's the spider puppeteer who's going to be making the comedy graphics decisions. or whatever it is, but however that In this case, it made. is a puppeteer. In this case, it's a puppeteer. It's a spider marionette. Well, that's uh-huh. better. That's better than a tech guy, because when you've got a tech guy in control, but that's impossible. But everyone, yeah. but I have heard from people working on the show, they'll go to the puppeteer and be like, can he do do this move or this dance and he'll be like no I can't do it but it's clear that he has his own dance right. that he or, wants the spider to or do or it's the kind of actor it's like can the spider do this dance no I absolutely can't do it well could, can you do that dance oh yeah I can do it oh yeah so what are you oh, telling okay. me the spider is more limited than you are as a person that's a choice that actors make that it's, I don't want to even though he has of. more legs I'll yell at those actors 
Good. I, I hate the way we limit ourselves. Yeah, and actors do it. They'll willfully limit themselves. No, my character wouldn't do that. Would you do that? Oh, under some extreme circumstances, sure. But your character never would? Give Come me on, John Larroquette. Names. I love when we get the names. Yes, we finally got the name. But that's just one of the shows. I feel like we should talk about others. Well, there's a, a couple of years ago, there was Pasta Mon, uh, <laughs> the which was the uh, Rastafarian... Um, Pasta cook. Mm -hmm. And now there's a backdoor pilot of that that is a a ramen dad, which I guess (laughs) is a play on (laughs) mom and dad. Ramen dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was called, so they were going to call it Instant Family. (laughs) Which, but then the movie came out at the same time and it's like, okay, now it's ramen dad. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it's. When I read it, it was ramen mom. Okay. But then they got Rama Manual. But it ah. all sounds like Ramadan, right? To me... I think that's intentional. Okay. Well, I know the I thought pilot, it was supposed to sound like mom and dad. I don't know. The pilot originally, <laughs> when I read it, was um, in sort of like a Rashomon style. Okay. And I think they were all around trying to get... They were like, ramen is close enough that we should be able to do something that does sound yeah. like it. But it it never did. So Because the M's in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And so it's Ram Emanuel and his dad have inherited a ramen factory from Mm -hmm. his from the mom who is alive uh (laughs) but just like doing other stuff yeah she's got has new interests i see and the pilot she's on a flight Mm -hmm. Uh, and so and she's going like i don't know when they're gonna land this thing which to me that's not how I think of flights. That's why I didn't like Apollo 13. They're just shivering in a capsule the whole time. Yes, this oh, is kind yeah. of a That's similar not a movie. thing. Yeah, except this time, she's in, in both cases, she's Here's like totally what, passive, I, just I, sitting there. When I first heard about the show, what I liked, I liked the thought, because I'm a single father, I liked the thought of like a dad doing the best he can, making ramen for the kid. Like maybe yeah. it's not a... Th- five course dinner, but like dad's giving the kid a hot meal, right? Yes. But then I tuned in and I see it's a ramen factory and I'm out. I don't need a business of a ramen factory. I need a father and a son but it's at a home work, with the noodles. But it's a workplace family thing, which is I don't getting more popular now. I'm fine if they don't even have a ramen. I'm fine if the ramen dad is just, that's a personal relationship at home. I don't care if they have an insurance business out in the world. Okay. At the that factory. you don't really see a lot, I can, I but can we can it. go there if we need I'm it. I'm happy to go to a workplace. I don't want to explode the concept that I love into this big ramen story, right. where that's a little intimate story. That's but a you family do want to explode. Your pitch would be to explode the ramen factory. So if, it just, if we could get ri- explode it and like get rid of it, yeah, and then it's gone, and now they're just at home grieving, eating ramen. Great. Okay, because grieving because people did die in it in the explosion. I think they lost the business. The, oh, they lost it. And they They're lost mourning mom. the loss of the and business. And they lost mom, even though mom's alive. No, I heard a real pitch in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And this was delivered from Warren Littlefield when he was at NBC to a Warren, friend of mine. Yes. And your ramen family's reminding me. Here's what Warren it was. listens. I just want to say before you yeah. do say this, he does listen. I think that's great. Warren, here's what you pitched my friend, Don. A family show called The Pranks. <laughs> they wake up. <laughs> This is a true story. Morning till night, it's nothing but pranks. It's wall-to-wall pranks with this prank family, right? Their and name so, is Pranks as well? I think the show's called The Pranks. But okay. may, I think their name was Prank. Has was to pranks. Be. Even if it wasn't, who cares? Has it's to wall-to-wall be. pranks. Like, you know what you're getting with the prank family. Walter Prank. So, 
My friend goes in. Here's the pitch from Walt, Rev- Walter Wall Prank. <laughs> Walter Wall Prank. It's always a little bit humiliating when the president of the network is clearly going down the line pitching it to writers who are saying no. And so he does the pitch to my friend, and the friend says, I don't really, I don't understand. What's the show? At which point, Warren Littlefield says, Picture breakfast. Picture, <laughs> picture, the, picture the toast. So I guess when I heard literally the lob- just picture the toast. Yeah, he's too big with breakfast. Breakfast yeah. gives you too many things. Picture Think about the toast. what they could do with the toast, and then go through the rest of their day. So like I hear the ramen thing. At first, I was hopeful like it's a more sort of post comedy dramedy version of picture the toast. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. That's why I didn't want to go to the factory. Right. Mm. Sort of a ramedy. Can um, I say I've been watching a reality show? Please. Um, my friends and I call it Grease Police. I don't even know what it's called. The way it is. It's a show. It's kind of like cops, like, but basically they catch restaurants dumping grease down storm drains. <laughs> and so wait, it's so it's not called grease police. It should be called no, that, that. That's just what we call it. I don't even know okay. what it's called. It's, I think it's called saying like, it doesn't have as good a title, honestly, which is why it's okay. not memorable. And I always find it by searching grease on the thing. Cause grease is somewhere in the title. Okay. And so sometimes they'll start like, it's going to be a restaurant story, but you have a sense of foreboding cause you know, they're being busted. Right. right. Mm. Sometimes you'll start more like with the cops, but ultimately what's building to is this moment. Like, did you dump grease down a storm drain? And, they, the you know, there's a lot of cameras. Yeah. They admit it. Yeah, yes, I did. Is someone embedded I, there in the restaurant and like the first? Like they send different. in someone in like glasses oh, with a camera on. They, it to I mean, be they like throw, undercover if you're grease asking, boss. They throw so many resources at. I mean, they have someone embedded. They have someone at the outside. They have someone at the police. They have wow. someone like inspecting with the restaurants and everything has permission. Everything's yeah. being shot, and it usually reaches this incredible thing at the end where the person's like, "I can't believe I did that. Like, I can't believe I did. I took this shortcut." What other kinds of shortcuts have I been taking in my life? Like, how can I improve as a person? And then, like, all these grease police, which the show could, should be called. There's, like, a yeah. whole support system comes in, like, we're going to do better. We're going to delay so it's like gratification. it's oh, type thing. Oh. It's everything. It's everything. And, like, That's we're not nice. going to dump the grease down the store. Great. We're going to dispose of it properly. And we're going to raise our children properly. Wow. And we're going to get in shape. Whoa. You follow them through this whole thing. No. No, but you get like at the end, like they we're going to do better now. Okay. We're going to do better. It's I like just looked it up. It's called the oil foilers. Why? I guess they're foiling their yeah. plans I to guess. dump this cooking so oil. So I must be mm-hmm. searching grease and like it comes back to you mean oil. Like, yeah, call it grease, please. The algorithms yeah. are so good. Uh, they find it. They find it. I have it. so much admiration for the undercover chefs who embed themselves in these restaurants for years, years. devising a menu. Yes, it's really scary. these people all when, the time, knowing they're going to drop the hammer on them. Yeah, and when, and like basically, when the other people find out that's not a chef, and they've all got kitchen knives, that's mm-hmm. intense. Oh, please! That is probably the moment every episode where yeah. I'm kind of watching like this. And for those of you at home, I'm putting my hands up to my eye, yeah. and I'm just peeking through two of the yeah, fingers. Yeah. And sometimes with the guy who's embedded, like the FBI, is he like spurring these guys on to dispose of the grease more easily? So then we have a show and we can catch him because that's yeah. Because cool. what are we gonna do? Just like they're not gonna dub the grease. Yeah, <laughs> we have no show. They've got to dub the grease, and we spend all this money if they're not, if they're not dumping the grease. We've got nothing. I'm I'm glad you brought up reality shows. I've been watching this one that I really like. It's called Shady in the Lamp. It's a romance between uh, Eminem and lighting design. <laughs> um, and so uh, Slim Shady, who's a little bit of been in that persona, he's a little older, more of a father now, but he still will get back into it and he will find the most hardcore uh, lampshades, track lighting, bulbs, 
old schoolhouse milk glass uh, sort of um, covers for your overhead lighting. He hates this movement towards LED, these LED cans that they put <laughs> in all the roofs. I mean, you know, of course it provides a lot of light, but it's way too modern looking for some of the homes that he's going into. And just for him to find a passion beyond rap and to have a next chapter has been sort of inspiring to me as someone who's getting older myself. Well, because LED lights, they go with self-sufficiency and like everyone's an island and I'm not even going to get to know my neighbors because I've got solar and I've got LEDs. But like getting away from LEDs is like, let's talk to each other. Whereas, Mm -hmm. yes, you have to share the whole community has to get involved with these old We're we're all wasting energy. So how are we going to make energy? Yes, Yes. that's right. Yes, it's a community thing. Now, Kevin, I know you've been feeling like you haven't been involved as much in the show lately. You're just kind of lingering at the table uh, looking for an opportunity to get involved. So you can say one of your favorite shows uh, from this new season. Um, well, I was going to suggest, uh, do you know the show America, American Horror Story? <laughs> like, Oh, Jesus, Kevin. <laughs> like, what if it's uh, America's Horror Story and it's a documentary and every single person tells the scariest story they ever heard? <laughs> the scariest one they've ever heard? I'd watch. Yeah. I mean, some of them would just be telling episodes of American Horror Story, honestly. Yeah, and why do you have to change the title? I mean, I guess because the other show already exists, but what you're describing could also be called American Horror Story. To change it to America's doesn't really seem essential. Well, but I like that you can franchise it. Because then okay. you bring this over as Romania's oh, horror story. Okay, but that's good, France's yeah. horror story. I like the sort of medicated, doped out look that comes over Kevin's face when, <laughs> when he likes a show. When he loves a show, he gets such a stupid look on his face, you guys. So this is not something that exists. This is an idea yeah. that you have had. Because <laughs> we're talking about shows, Kevin. Yeah, this is a show. To insta- oh, in- instead of seeing a scary story dramatized with actors, yeah. it's different people, different Americans <laughs> telling this, telling a scary story. Yeah. Okay. And then at the end, America actually sort of takes ownership in these stories in a way. You know, America's hearts. Because yeah. once we've told them, they belong to us as a yes. country. And, and so <sighs> is there a competition element or we're just kind of going one by one? Through it, these people telling their stories. Uh, it could be a competition, and each one ends with the person saying, and that's America's horror story. <laughs> and that's and that makes it a competition? Yeah, whoever kind of sticks the landing. The Live yes. from New York. I mean, that's America's that's good. horror story. I mean, people like convention. They like that. Yeah, that's Ke- true. Kevin was pitching me something earlier this week based on the pranks. He, was, he had heard your story about the pranks before, and he wanted to do a show called The Spanks. He's like, it's me, it's PFT, it's Scott, it's Lacus. Picture the toast. Christmas with the Spanx. Imagine breakfast. Picture the toast, baby. Kevin's shutting down again. He can't take these risks. Come on. (laughs) I'm back in the way. Don't do this to Kevin. Wow. Uh, okay. What, uh, do we have? Are there any other shows? Is that I, all I, the shows? I, there's one that I think was stolen from me. Oh, okay. No, I, yeah. John. Did you guys ever like tweet about something and then it's a real show? Like, don't do. Okay, it's don't do always. your show pitches on social media, you no. guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because people read social media. 
So a couple years ago, I had a, an idea Unless for a show. Unless it's shit my dad says, I won't say. Then you, ha- you should exactly. do it. Exactly, and, tar- and that's that's targeted. But what I did wasn't targeted. I was just like spray hitting late at night, what's a show idea? And I happened to land on something that like hit a nerve, which is that moms okay. don't put themselves first. And you've got these moms, right, where it's time to finally, mom, how can you take care of the family if you don't put yourself first? So the, the show is called Mom's Oxygen First. And it's based on that wonderful thing that the flight attendant says, mom, yes. not always moms, whoever, adults, if you're with someone mm-hmm. do your own oxygen first. Take care of yourself. Don't neglect yourself. And then you can take care of your family. So you've got a family. And the show's called Mom's, mom's Oxygen, oxygen first. first. You've got a show. And it's like you've got mom who hasn't been taking care of herself. And consequently, the family's t- you know, falling apart. And mom's like, I can't take care of myself. That would be selfish. Mm-hmm. We're falling apart as a family. You've got to take care of yourself. Mm. Mom starts taking care of herself. The family starts flourishing. And so I'm writing about it on Twitter like an idiot. And so wow. what comes on TV this uh-huh. fall? Mom's oxygen first. Unbelievable. I just want to explain to people tall. that don't know, you said you were spray hitting. Uh, and that is... Baseball. Yes. Like, well, it's kind of like a hash oil thing. It's like a, <laughs> it's a, it's a drug thing. You also call it baseball. Or playing pepper, I guess, is kind of what Yeah, Sure. But uh, that's, that's infuriating. What that, were the that's tweets? Going, right? you, was it a thread? You, I just told, like, it was a, you know I thread myself, oh, of course, yeah. like an idiot. So I laid out the show. The entire thing? I laid a it show out. Bible in a thread? I, I made oh, it all clear. No. And you know, I'm like, by the way, everyone, this doesn't take place on a plane. That's a metaphor. There's a big <laughs> speech in the pilot about oxygen. Instead of, a, instead of a speech from the pilot. This it's like, it's more it. like, were you ever on a plane? I, I, yeah. I probably should have said it on a plane. But it was, it's more like a character's like, were you ever on a plane? And the flight attendant says this thing like I just did. So it's, there's nothing immediate about it. Right. Someone thinks of it. Well, because cold open, right? She's harried. She's getting to the airport. She's, do you have your food? Yes. Let me get your juice. You got yeah. And everything is going wrong for her. She's, you know, the stroller gets, runs over her foot and she's just getting destroyed. And then she's sitting there and they're going through the rules right before you take off and they mention like make sure you put your own oxygen on first and you see this kind of revelation and and, and as you hear the like ding of the like the sign going on it's like a light bulb Uh in her brain and what I find when I used to talk about this with women because I didn't just tweet about it I talked about it because mainly on dates because they they, they, they love to hear like I would go on (laughs) yeah I would go on dates with single moms right and I would talk about moms neglecting themselves and like moms oxygen first and you would see this like wave of calmness and desire wash over their faces mm-hmm. like i feel so like suddenly, a very relaxed yeah like horniness. i understand yeah like now i finally i get it and now i have like a mature desire for you <laughs> women love it it's, it's, so it's ringing a bell I, it's like a once in a yeah. lifetime thing mom's oxygen we live yes. in a period of time yeah and i gave it away just and pitching. She's on show. the plane. Dylan McDermott is the pilot. Okay, Captain Dave. She's sitting next to. Ed. She's <laughs> sitting next to Ed Weeks. Yeah, and she's Uh-oh. literally hyperventilating. She's like been yeah. doing so much and putting herself last. She's literally out of breath, mm-hmm. and nothing's even happened. So, the, and the oxygen's not coming down because there's no plane problems. Yeah, it's just a lot of talk about oxygen, but she is short of breath. Mm-hmm. And the kids have too much oxygen. The They're kids, getting sick. They get an oxygen bar. The kids have loaded, yeah, and yeah. the kids have no immune system because all it's been all oxygen. They can't handle an ash. They can't handle one little thing wrong without getting pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? When yes. you have too much oxygen, you your immune you system is eat compromised. One single pile of ash, or you, you're dead meat. You can't handle anything. This is an episode of America and America's <laughs> Horror Story. 
I gotta get the title right. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, very important that the title is correct. Yeah. So anyway, I gave it kind of like you know, why didn't Springsteen record because of the night? Why didn't I write yeah. Mom's? Why didn't, uh-huh. I, why didn't I even pitch mm. Mom's? Because it's all there in the pitch. Like I wouldn't even had to write it. I could have just sold it and have like whatever Brad Copeland write it. Who cares? Yeah. Get some friend of mine to write it. Yeah. He'll do it. I had the idea. For anyone who doesn't know the Springsteen story he's referencing, it's pretty uh, um, uh, intricately detailed in the documentary series, The Defiant Ones, which reminds me of The Flagrant Ones, hashtag The Flagrant Ones, a Patreon podcast about basketball hosted by myself, Hayes Davenport, and Carl Tart. I only bring that up to clarify John's uh, point, and I obviously would never promote no, I think it's a totally great. separate show on this show. And also express some sort of ownership. Mail it to yourself. Whatever you have to do. Like, that's your show, okay? Yes. I, ha- I hate turning on the TV and seeing my tweet. Just for. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I stopped watching the news. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're always, they're always taking my commentary. Mailing it to yourself? Happened. Mailing it to yourself isn't even safe anymore because these postal workers will hold it up to the light. Uh, and and take your show. Mm-hmm. They'll, ste- the they'll, ste- they'll steam it open. And they'll post-date it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll actually stamp the wrong date. Yeah. To mm-hmm. show that like they had the idea a day before, and then like they go home and write it in their diary. Yeah, Superstore. Justin Spitzer was a mailman. So he knows. And, yeah. And well, that originally was a show that I had devised called yeah. Brad, Beth, and Beyond. It was set in Bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, Brad was sort of a ne'er do well, uh, always like doing crazy stuff in the aisles, jumping in the shopping cart and crashing into other people. And then Beth, uh, not to step on mom's oxygen first, she was a harried single mother who was assigned That's why to it rings manage this uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. And are those two going to find a common ground? Is he going to loosen her up? And is she going to straighten his life out in a way where all of a sudden, hello, he's becoming a good dad and he's teaching mom to get yeah. some of her oxygen first, Brad, Beth, and Beyond? It seems yeah, yeah. like they could get along because he is his ne'er-do-well. He could use some of that extra nair on her because she is so harried. But mm-hmm. like to show that he's like controlling, could Brad, could Brad, Bath, and Beyond – own a container store instead of a Bed Bath & Beyond? Could Brad Bath & Beyond Uh be about a man named Brad who owns a container store, not a Bed Bath & Beyond? Okay. Interesting. Everything in his life is so, in his work life is so so contained. contained. I mean, it's unfortunate that the pun works better with Bed Bath & Beyond. I am married to the title, but if we could call it Brad Bath & Beyond about Brad who owns a container container store. Mm -hmm. I'm not against it. Uh, Maybe he's jealous of, maybe Bed Bath & Beyond comes, like I'm jealous, so I wish I could be like the Bed Bath & Beyond. And his home life is like spilling out Can Nicole Byer still work there? Uh, Yeah. And she's just like over it? And like, I would have to be, she would have to become Nicole Seller. Ah, yeah. She's working at the store, mm-hmm. right? But also, if she's got a larger than life attitude, like I cannot be contained unless it's a Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm-hmm. Okay, it has to be a Bed Bath and Beyond. Well, okay. I need someone to be like, when are you two just gonna get this over with? Yeah, get down to business. Yeah, who do you like to see in that part? <laughs> I have a pitch. Okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, I'll hear it out. I think you know. You think about what makes a good comedy. It's the supporting mm-hmm. actors. What show had the greatest, funniest supporting actors of all time? Mad about you, Cousin Ira. So that to me. <laughs> John Pankow, baby. It seems like a Cousin Ira to me. So we're going to get Pankow in there to do a little 
little hanky panky on the uh, and then they had that out, then they had out. that woman who was so funny too the other comedic character the sister mm-hmm. okay yes. this is cousin Ira's no no it's like it's like Helen Hunt's sister right okay. no, I'm, I'm back to mad about you those really funny supporting characters yes right. yes well of course uh, that that introduced us to um, uh, Ursula uh, Lisa Kudrow's uh, twin sister to Phoebe yes. Who got to cross over between Mad About You and Friends, which was like the thrill of a lifetime, where you're like, I know her from somewhere. And big- then Friends goes, here's where you know her from, the show you that was on right before. Mm-hmm. I thought that reflected very well on Mad About You, that they could get Ursula. Oh. Friends didn't need it. Friends didn't need Mad About You. If anything, it made, like the idea that they were connected made Friends a little depressing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And but- that, that was uh, Littlefield's genius. That was all his idea to have the character making all the shows one show and yeah. then supersizing them picture yeah. the toast. remember the horrible supersized shows yeah 40 minutes there's a comedy number <laughs> <laughs> we all needed 10 more minutes of mm-hmm. what because it wasn't just even fresh just fraser and friends and will and grace there were other shows they were supersizing well a lot of these characters had understayed their welcome uh. It was like, why is, like, why is George Siegel and Just Shoot Me just flying through when he mm-hmm. could stay and sit and have a five-minute conversation? We could supersize it. It's a great mm-hmm. feeling on some Netflix shows now to be 22 minutes in and feel like you're done, uh, but you have a delicious 18 minutes yeah. remaining. Yeah, my internal clock is not okay with that. Cousin Iron to live and die in L.A.? Maybe. You know, it's neither here nor there, but I think he's in that totally fucked up freaking movie. It's like the partner to Michael Peterson, and it's like... William Peterson. So, William Peterson, that's right. Michael Peterson, of course, is my favorite murderer from The Staircase. <laughs> oh, my favorite murderer. I didn't mean to shout out another podcast. Kevin Earl phones that one or no? Uh, no, but we're cousins. Okay, great. They came over here for one second, right? Uh, they're they're with mid-roll. With yeah. Mid-roll. Uh, okay. Mid-roll's part of this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this company has had four different names and none of them are that great. So, like, over the years, what have we had? Earwolf, Stitcher, Howl, Wolf Midro- Midroll, Wolf Pop, Scripps. Scripps is involved. If you had to go with one of those, because everyone has a different email address, too. Like, if you had to go with one of those names, which is, is it Earwolf, the one Sophie's that people know? Choice. Earwolf right. is the brand, I think, that is recognizable. Howl was a better offshoot, I think, than Stitcher, but Stitcher was an already existing app and company, and so they had to fold that in. Midroll, Stitcher, and Earwolf all being one company feels like some sort of Ponzi scheme where things are they being can just hidden shuffle from each stuff other. Like, around. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, actually Midroll's find, money. Uh, find the lady. Yeah, like, Col- like Colin's getting three paychecks a week, right? That's oh, right. yeah. God it's damn it, Colin. Like, you don't leave the BBC unless you're getting three paychecks a week. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of bed. What's the next episode that we have to look forward to of John Levenstein's show? Of uh, my podcast, you mean? Yeah. I believe what's happening is they're, because it was on Stitcher Premium, so I've been behind the paywall, right? And yeah. when you're behind a paywall, friends get mad at you. Yes. They yell at you at parties. Even when they sign up and they listen to it and they like it, they're a little mad that they had to go of through course. that process. Mm-hmm. So finally, we're being set free. And I guess they're starting with episode one on November 5th, which is about when Sit and Spin, this uh group I was with in the early 2000s where we would read stories on stage where we went to the Aspen Comedy Festival in 2002 and while I was on stage someone in the audience threw up 
and it caused a big stir that weekend. Um, and so we got the people in the studio and we talked about it. And then we got that guy on the phone. He's an, uh, what does he you got the throw for, up guy? Yeah, we got the throw up guy. He works for, he used to be an agent when he threw up mm. during my monologue, he was an agent, but now he works for Caesar's palace in Las Vegas. Wow. And cool. in the course of talking about like, is me and Jill Soloway and the other people were there. We're like building up this anger towards him as we're talking about like what happened back then in Aspen 2002, when this asshole agent threw up when I was on stage. Was it really loud? It, it well, it just clear. It just cleared the place. And then there was a 45 minute delay in the show. And it was a midnight show. The whole thing was a nightmare. But when we finally got him on the phone, he was a surprisingly sympathetic character. For someone who would do something as evil well, as yeah, throw up. Yeah, the but malicious throwing up but guy he who I yeah, imagined. Exactly. No, we were just mad he'd ruined our show. <laughs> but it turned out also he hadn't just thrown up. He'd passed out like it was a serious thing. And then he woke up to find someone calling his boss to tell on him. Whoa. So, wow. so in the whole story, he emerged as much more sympathetic than we expected to the point that we're probably going to go to Vegas and visit him at some point And he's going to give us a deal. Oh, a, a, wow. a, a, a deal. At Caesar, you get to. to he was such a sympathetic stay. character that you've decided to that we've decided your to take relationship oh my, with he's, him. No, he's going to love it. He was. He was full. Of, Ryan can confirm this. He was full of the offers that we've got to come to Vegas and he'll give us a deal. He was, at, <laughs> and he was actually. He was actually misguided enough to think that he wanted us to recreate the spoken word show in Vegas. And he'd like, throw okay, up again. I think he just thought it would be a crowd pleaser. Like uh, maybe he thinks like Jill Soloway travels or something. But it's, okay, which which room in Vegas? Vegas, are we going to perform these first-person narrative little bits of musing for you? And I don't Celine's, think I don't think we'd fly. Well, in Vegas. they'll they'll cancel Celine for one night. <laughs> America's be horror good. story, hosted by America Ferrera. Bye. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>